um, it was more than the music. You know, it, it felt like um, the people that would come to the concerts, uh, that would buy the music, that would kind of come to the cutting edge events back in the day. Mm. Um, I, it felt somehow like more of a movement than a band, and mm. um, and so uh, and I think that I mean I can't speak for everyone, but it felt like everyone that was coming to those concerts and being involved it felt like they were part of the band you know i think they felt like that you know so like when we went on tour with bon jovi um they felt like they were on tour with bon jovi you know what wow, i mean or, and, exactly. and came to those shows and and we we wouldn't play anything different we just played my glorious and history maker and all that kind of stuff and um yeah so um that's what i miss about it that that sort of bigger picture of like a movement You're listening to Justice Matters with Tim Buxton, a podcast inspiring the fight for a world where everyone belongs. Hey there, it's great to have you for another episode of the Justice Matters podcast. Today's guest, I just got off the call with him, is none other than Stu Gerard. Now he's best known as the guitarist, musician and songwriter for the, for the group, the band Delirious. Now, it's pretty special for me because growing up as a teenager, Delirious influenced my life. Their music uh, impacted me profoundly. I used to listen to their music for hours and hours, whether it be youth group, growing up or in my bedroom, and just it was constantly in my CD Walkman. And so now to be able to sit down and have a conversation with Stu, it really just was a, a, a real treat uh, for me personally. Now... I met uh, I met Stu first back in Chicago. It was at a, a conference called the Justice Conference, and we met in the green room backstage. And it was there that Stu started to talk to me about this new project he'd been working on called the Beatitudes Project. It's this incredible creative work that takes music, takes a, a book he's written, takes a podcast, a film, and stories, and puts it together in this incredible resource that takes you on a journey in uncovering and, and peeling back the teachings of Jesus in Matthew 5 called the Beatitudes. Now, we talk a lot about uh, that passage and, and some of the themes in the Beatitude projects together. In fact, there's times when I felt like we could talk for a long, long time, but we managed to squeeze a lot into this episode. Uh, we talk about some of the more personal, reflective uh, experiences that he had growing up um, and being a part of this band and I just, I'm just so grateful that I get to share this conversation with you. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Stu Gerard. Stu, it is so good to, to get you on the podcast. Thanks for zooming, skyping in to, to this, mate. Uh, all the way from so Nashville, great. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. It's great to catch up with you again, and um, I'm looking forward to this very much. Yeah, so you're not you're not in Great Britain. Most people obviously know you, and your accent gives you away straight off the bat. Yeah, but uh, Nashville is home now. How long have you been in Nashville for? We've been here for ten years, believe it or not. Ten mm. years this year, and um, yeah, it's been quite a move. Um, uh, but we really love it. Yeah. Um, and um, 
yeah we we really enjoy it here um it was a it was a good next step after delirious finished um mm. uh, you know nashville's known as music city yeah. and um i didn't want to uh hang the guitar up yet and uh, so i've come here and it's it's been good to us yeah, well, you certainly haven't done that, and we'll be talking about some of your own projects as well as you know the, the ways you've been collaborating with a lot of other, you know, artists over over the American on the American shores there. Yeah. Um, but we met back, Stu, yeah, at a, a a justice conference, fittingly for this this yeah. epi- uh, episode and this podcast, Justice Matters. You know, that's where we met at this conference in Chicago. In fact, uh, run by. A couple at the time, Mark and Vicky Reddy, they were heading things up. Another yep. couple of Aussies, whom I'm sure you know, um, and yep. uh, actually they're, they're from the sunny coast. Um, uh, we'll spend a lot of time on the Sunshine Coast, which is really just close to where to where I am and a lot of my family lives. So um, anyways, we, we were there. Um, we were in the green room backstage um, and... Yep. Yeah, I just I just remember sitting at one of those round tables and just uh, hearing for the first time about what you've been up to, um, the Beatitudes project, and, and obviously um, sharing with you a bit about um, at the time I was living in northern northern Iraq in the Kurdistan region. Yeah, and uh, you mm-hmm. had a heart for that. I remember. Um, but yeah. yeah, that was that was a for me. It was just wonderful to get to know you as an. As a kid who grew up in youth group, and I probably told you this when I was uh, sitting at the table, you know, Delirious was definitely a top three band for me, and I can That's remember, great. can remember vividly, and I know you, you probably hear this all the time, but I'm, I'm sure it doesn't get old to to hear the way the music that you've been a part of releasing to the world has has had such a profound influence, and it has on my life. I remember it just. Days on, it would just be on repeat. Um, the the cutting edge ones that was kind of what really hooked me in. And obviously, you guys went on to produce some, you know, some some great other albums. But those early days, that music really uh, really struck a chord in my heart, and I know had a you know real big impact on me and my pursuit of following Jesus and the Jesus way. So thanks for that, Stu. I really uh, again. Uh. Appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, it, it it never gets old, as you say, to hear that from people, and I'm, I'm so grateful to have been a part of it. And um, uh, and I love hearing you know people's words. I, I was talking to someone yesterday, and they were saying how um, the uh, album World Service with um, the songs majesty and rain down mm. on there like they they still listen to that nowadays and i it's so encouraging because you know when um you are a part of something like that and it finishes um it mm. it can leave quite a quite a hole in your life you know and uh and so it's been great to uh, to hear from folks on on what those what we did how much it means to them yeah like you mentioned what how many how many years? I mean, it would have been what was it seventeen years uh, that you were part of Delirious, or, yeah. or is there? Yes. Uh, so the no. So um, uh, seventeen years was the time from when the first cutting edge event happened yeah. to the end of Delirious in two thousand nine. Right. So yeah. um, uh, and, and 
I was involved. I wasn't involved right at the very beginning, but most of it I was. So yeah. at least 16 years I was involved. Wow. So, um, yeah, yeah. My goodness, I can imagine. Yeah. So what? So tell me what it felt like when. Um, well, first of all, can you take me back to what what it felt like when you were in the midst of it all and you were, you know, what what was it? What was it like? I mean, to be. Stoogie, I saw you guys in New York at one of your concerts. I had, uh, I've, 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 you know, um, obviously followed you as a as a far away fan, and um, as well as what was it like being a part of such a, yeah, such a you know influential Christian music band. Um, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, it was a lot of. Uh, a lot of work and a lot of being away, you know, mm. um, I know that, you know what that's like yeah. to, uh, have a job that takes you away from home. Um, so, uh, but it had this kind of sense of purpose to mm. it, this, um, extraordinary, uh, sense of vision and unity and passion. Like, um, you know, there was five of us in the band and, um, you know, the longer life goes on, the the more you realize that it just doesn't happen very often. Mm. You know, this mm-hmm. kind of uh, um, God smiling on something and, and you know, raising it up in such a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, people would say, we want to do what you do. And, um, and we, we're like, well, we don't know how we did it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's just an obedience and hard work and yeah. and you just create an environment for God to move and, um, and, and try and get in the way as least as possible, you know? Yes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, that was, um, uh, it, it was extraordinary, really amazing times. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that you know the, the entire story when you are in it, Hmm. You know, um, you don't really have the outside view. Uh, so sometimes it can feel quite mundane and a drag. But, you know, the idea of like getting on a plane or getting in a bus and showing up and playing music to thousands of people is extraordinary. It, what, a, what an extraordinary thing to be able to do. And um, so I have incredibly fond memories of all that time. Mm. Wow, is there any talks of a of a reunion? Has it come up from time to time, or or, or uh, you guys? Are you know, um, we. Yeah, oh, I don't know. You know, we we I, I'm I'm in contact with Martin uh, pretty regularly. Yeah, and so we chat and we you know cheer each other on. Yeah, and um, I guess you know I I no one's saying no. Uh, yeah, yeah. It will never happen, uh, but there, you know, there's not really any plans. Yeah. But you know, we're we're in touch and um, love. Uh, obviously, we we uh, love each other and and uh, have just so much respect for what everyone's doing. Yeah. So obviously, my next question was going to be, do you miss it? And I think uh, <laughs> I think the uh... yeah, absolutely. You know, it was such a huge part of of our lives, and so just speaking personally, it was a huge part of my life and it happened at you know probably a time for me that was the peak of my life if you like you know it's like you know if I was a sportsman that would have been 
David Beckham in his twenties, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, totally. uh, was that, so it kind of hit, uh, a great time for me and the family was young. Mm. And so, uh, we were able to actually once a year travel with the families. And so mm. we'd come to America for a couple of weeks, couple of three weeks and, you know, kind of involve everyone. It was just a dream situation, honestly. So, uh, yeah, I do miss it a lot. Um, I'll tell you what I miss about it. Yeah. Is the, um, uh, is standing alongside Martin at the front of the stage. Um, and yes, it is about the music and what have you, but, um, it was more than the music, you know, it, it felt like, um, the people that would come to the concerts, uh, that would buy the music that would kind of come to the cutting edge events back in the day. Mm. Um, I, it felt somehow like more of a movement than a band. And, mm. um, and so, uh, and I think that, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but it felt like everyone that was coming to those concerts and being involved, it felt like they were part of the band. You know, I think they felt like that, you know, so like when we went on tour with Bon Jovi, um, they, they, felt like they were on tour with Bon Jovi, you know what wow, I mean? Or, and, exactly. and came to those shows and, and we, we wouldn't play anything different. We just played my glorious and history maker and all that kind of stuff. And, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's what I miss about it. The, that sort of bigger picture of like a movement. And then within that, you know, we didn't have, uh, we, we owned our own record label and production and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, publishing and what have you. So there was no one telling us that, um, uh, about what we can write and what we couldn't write, you know. So wow. um, that was yeah. fun. I miss that, you know. Was it Furious uh, because, Records? Is that what it was? Furious. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Furious. <laughs> now, yeah. Now I remember. <laughs> um, and that was a joke because uh, <laughs> really, the name was a joke because the uh, it no one was angry or furious, but they uh, um, other record labels were just so uh, flummoxed as to why. Uh, we wouldn't sign with them, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, we just wanted to keep everything ourselves and do everything ourselves. And, and so, uh, oh, that I was just that. a joke. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't really angry, but I think they were a bit bemused. <laughs> yeah. That's gold. I love that. Uh, ah, yeah. it sounds like, it sounds like in a way though, that element of, of it being a movement of it being, somewhat organic and 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 you could feel it in the records you could feel it in in for me at least i i think that's what was so easy to put put the the um especially for me cutting edge one and two just put those tracks on repeat it was just like yeah you were brought into something different than just listening to well this is a great track in and of itself and this is a great song it felt like something a bit more yeah integrated and whole yeah. or something it was it was great yeah right yeah yeah and I, I think you know something that i'm grateful about for that time was how it introduced us to the the idea of of justice work so mm. um you know in the in the traveling and playing and leading worship and releasing records you know every now and then we'd get the chance to travel to somewhere like india mm. or cambodia brazil um South Africa, you know, countries where you um, had had the brilliant opportunity to go and visit uh, the most amazing people 
who live in extreme poverty or mm. um, are struggling to survive in one way or another, you know. And um, so we had the chance to have our eyes opened to what was going on in the world. Wow. Well, I mean, do you think that then moving into like some of this, the work that you've been de- dedicated to personally lately, um, how has that influenced what? And we can we can kind of pivot to a bit more about your project, the Beatitudes Project. Um, how yeah. how has that kind of those maybe days or how has Delirious then in, and and that season influenced the work that you're doing now more specifically? And maybe you could explain. I mean, I remember. Uh, getting um, what was after we met with you back in that green room. I remember downloading the Beatitudes yeah. Project album and just listening to this beautiful. Again, yeah. it wasn't just an album of of this song. This song, you've got the interludes of the of the spoken word, the the prayers, the various artists contributing. It's a great great album. But maybe you could share broader what it's become and how how those yeah. early days have influenced. Uh, that yeah well um all through the uh the the time of delirious uh when if we were ever asked to sign a cd or whatever and a lot of people would ask you to sign your favorite scripture you know yeah it's kind of a youth group thing i think and uh so it, it was a tough one for me but i always used to write matthew 5 6 7 sermon on the mount and um as we kind of went on, and that was such an essential piece of scripture to me, um, the Beatitudes kind of came into focus. And they came into focus because there was, you know, eight themes, uh, poverty, grief, etc., cetera, mm. um, peacemaking, mercy, you know, all, all, these, all these themes. And uh, I kind of had this idea when Delirious was going, I said, let's do a project that's based on the themes in the Beatitudes. You know, um, it's kind of eight themes. You could have an eight or ten song album, you know, and uh, just it'd be, be cool. It's always good to sing about uh, um, making peace and always good to sing about being alongside the poor and, the, and those that need mercy, you know. And um, so we never got around to doing it you know but that always stuck with me that idea Mm. of doing something with the beatitudes well then what happened was the band finished and um you know we tried to we did everything we could to finish well um and uh and i guess you know we were we had lots of advice and we were uh, because it was a big deal you couldn't just take the keys out of a truck you know driving at 70 miles an hour and it stops straight away you know there's you know, it was a whole year of like preparing for I'm this. Still getting and, over it. You know, still. we had to, yeah, <laughs> and we had to have a lot of, lot of, um, uh, we had to have a lot of tough conversations. You know, we had a lot of staff um, mm. who felt like it was their thing as well. You know, so anyway, uh, mm. it takes a long time to wind something like that down, and um, uh, and so on the outside, you're kind of trying to deal with that and cope with that. But on the inside, I was like really struggling, you know, like is is the what am I going to do? Is my best work behind me? And um, in that space, you know, like the, the way that people suffer with depression or whatever is different for everybody. Um, and I can't say that that 
my pain was any worse than anybody else's. You know, there's no kind of league table in that respect. But um, uh, I really struggled with mm. that on the inside, you know. And, um, uh, and you know, in that upside-down moment of transition where something finished and something hadn't yet begun uh, it was it was not great and but even in in that moment I, I kind of had this sense that god wasn't very far away even if i was making some bad decisions you know um and um and the beatitudes started to come to life for me in a different way as i started to meet people who somehow embodied those things i began to feel like a uh, uh a different way of thinking about them for myself so mm. um the idea of blessing right mm. um you know we think that we, we have grown up in church you have this thing about you know bless me bless this person or that person or whatever you know or i'm blessed if i need a parking space and i pray and i get it you <laughs> yeah. know and but the Beatitudes show us where God is, like where God is blessing. Mm. And so uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. You know, those whose spirits are crushed, right. um, those who are grieving their, their greatest loss. You know, those who have a poverty of, <clears throat> of power, like in terms of being meek. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, and those that hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice. Yeah, you know that the a lot of translations don't use the word justice in mm. that um, hunger and thirst for righteousness, but the word that we get righteousness from the Greek language actually means righteousness and justice. Yeah, um, the, and those two words appear all the way through the Old Testament, mm-hmm. uh, but in the New Testament we just see this word righteousness. But that's because the English language yeah is as really good, good as the Greek point. language, right? And it's wow, and so. Like the idea of, of like what do you ache for, uh, you know, it, when you ache for justice or you ache for something to be put right that's wrong, right, for a wrong to be put right, yeah. and you feel like you haven't got any way of doing that, like you've, you don't feel like you can contribute in any way. It's so big, you know, that you can't do anything about it, but you, it's like I just wish this was different there's that ache there like that is what the beatitudes talk to like that's when you are blessed actually mm. is when you hunger and thirst and you can't do anything about it like the the beatitudes announce that god is on your side in that ache and that lack and that longing justice matters is brought to you by you belong if you'd like to learn more about their work empowering refugees to integrate and thrive in australia head on over to youbelong.org.au. There you'll find ways to get involved, volunteer, and financially get behind the several initiatives they've got going on. There's also a stack of articles and blogs that you'll find there that are really informative and engaging. Now, did you know this podcast is actually a video podcast featured on YouTube? Just search Justice Matters TV on YouTube and watch each episode right there. And while you're there, hit subscribe and get notified each time a new video drops. So, um, 
that's I began to understand the Beatitudes like this and where the blessing is presence. Um, you know, we when life gets turned upside down for us so much, um, we want a ladder to get out of it. You know, we want a quick way out and a quick fix, uh, or at least we want certainty and answers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, but God doesn't offer us that; He offers us His presence mm. inside the suffering or inside the uh, the poverty of spirit or whatever it is. And um, and and that's the invitation: is like to uh, receive the presence in that like one of the great mysteries of the christian faith is that we have a co-suffering savior right Mm. like god takes on human form Mm. and comes and joins us in the struggle and in the mess and that's a great picture of what blessing looks like in terms of the beatitudes like god is on your side in those moments where we get knocked off track um and mm. then it goes on to say, you know, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So it starts to change a little bit. Like, um, so God is on your side, and God is present with you when you show mercy, uh, wow. and and you receive it. So it's this invitation to um, to start to live a different way. We start with we, we we've received the 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 grace, if you like, and. Um, uh, but it isn't just one way, you know, we're invited to live a different way uh, because as we do, we receive more, you know, and uh, to live with a pure heart, uh, which we talk about as a undivided heart, you know, uh, where your true self is on display for all to see. Um, and we talk about uh, peacemaking. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm talking a lot here, so stop me if you need no, to, but this is... um for peacemaking um i actually went to visit the holy land uh, a couple of times mm. and um uh, got to sit on the hill where the beatitudes were spoken and um i met with um palestinian and israeli peacemakers mm. and to ask them so what is peacemaking what does it actually look like in a hot spot of violence you know yeah. in a situation that is uh that contested in in space that is contested and um because i wanted to learn what that's what that means for me back at home you know like in the contested spaces of life um and so uh learned from peace learned from peacemakers in the holy land and um yeah and then persecution you know you're blessed when you are uh when you're experiencing a pushback i mean you must um Hmm. you know there's persecution happening all around the world you you've uh probably got friends who've been persecuted you know and uh um, we don't experience it like that in the usa um Hmm. uh, but what does that mean for us because these announcements are for every uh every follower of jesus on the planet you know so um it means about asking the questions of um who am I colluding with? What am I colluding with? Am I uh, colluding with the dominant powers of the world, like racism, sex, violence, yes. uh, money, power, war? You know, am I colluding with these things, 
or am I swimming upstream against that kind right. of following this different way to be in the world by uh, uh, of this counterintuitive upside down way of life where I'm hungry for justice, you know, and, uh, um, yeah. and, and longing to make a change. So, um, so that I was starting to develop the, those thoughts and I start to meet people and I thought, okay, so, um, this is about music. I'd like to write songs. And I started to write some songs. I started to write with, um, John Mark McMillan and all sons mm. and daughters and my friend, Anthony Skinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we, I, I, I was on a mission trip actually to Ethiopia and, um, a friend of mine was on there that I hadn't seen for nine years from the UK. And I mean, it's a random meeting, honestly, in the back of a bus in, uh, in Ethiopia. And, um, he's, he's a filmmaker and, um, he was really fascinated with the conversation we were having around the Beatitudes and like that we were starting to work on this project. And he said, well, um, if it needs to be a film, like, let me know. Let's say, he said, I think it could be amazing. We, We could work on this together. And I said, well, actually going in the studio next month, uh, to record three songs. And he said, well, I'll get someone there and let's figure out, you know, how are we going to pay for it and all that good stuff. And, um, uh, so it, it started to become a film as well. Um, a publisher, a book publisher reached out to me and said, these are great conversations. Have you thought about writing a book? And I was like, no, he said, well, would you think about it? Wow. And so that actually spurred me on to find more stories. Cause I was like, well, no one's going to want to, uh, you know, just hear my version of uh, my journey. So was um, was Stu was this was, after was this after the album had been produced? Was it and these other projects no. came up? Or this is this was even before you did no, even it's got all in the studio. At, it all kind of happened at once. Wow. Well, certainly the film, and the book, and the and the songs. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but you know, um, I wanted to see. I want to find people who somehow embodied these ideas um, in, uh, so that we could give a 21st century lens on this, these thoughts because these are ancient words. And mm-hmm. these, are, these are words that perhaps a lot of people learn in Sunday school as kids. Oh, sure. But, um, you know, and you feel like you've got a handle on it. But there's so much surplus meaning. Right. In, and you uh, might, and you might not even be from the Christian tradition, and really, you confront these words and righteousness, and and like you said, they kind of just fly over your head, yeah. don't they? But be, yeah. beneath it, absolutely, is is this powerful, relevant truth, like you're saying, that needs to be unearthed and, and yes, and, and yes, revealed. because you know the 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 world is hurting at the minute right so mm-hmm. we're, we're experiencing all this division um and, I'm, and you know in america it's crazy because of the election and because of uh you know protests and um and and you know black lives matter and racism and uh it's just a big hot pot of yeah. division and opinion and um uh and the need for empathy and compassion and and for people to love one another and uh for people to engage across different to listen you know yeah to not yeah. be talking to, and to interrupting like i'm doing right now but but to listen <laughs> and to 
you know, I think we got a showcase of that last night, didn't we? Like the inability to talk about the most important issues that affect all of us that are, that are complicated that, but to do it in a way that, yeah, is, yeah, is is mirrored in these words that Jesus talks. That's right. It's, um, I think they give us a way to do it. So, Mm. um, you know, a lot of people have trouble with two, with with a couple of questions like, um, where is God Mm. in the middle of a pandemic, in the Mm. middle of suffering, Mm. in the middle of a disaster, Mm. you know? And, uh, um, I think the Beatitudes show us where God is. Like Mm. he's on the side of the poor, you know, he's on the side of those who are grieving. He's he's with those who are suffering. He's with the people who are suffering. That's where God is. Um, and then, uh, you know, Jesus said, I'm the way. Um, and that's a big stumbling block, block to people. And uh, I think the Beatitudes show us the way. They mm. show us what the way is. They give us clues as to how to live, you know, and that is to be, compassionate, empathetic, learn how to listen and to be where God is, you know, be on the side of the poor and the vulnerable and the oppressed. Um, and, uh, yeah. And our, our, our lives can be changed forever in that way. Uh, we can learn how to engage with each other with more compassion. Yeah. What I love is what he, what Jesus shares in the Beatitudes, he backs up with his, life and his action which yeah. actually makes yeah. which actually makes what he shares even more true if i could say that and even yeah. more profound because it was a, a life spent for the outcast spent for the those that had no voice the way he elevated and treated women in the, in that society the way like you said those that were powerless whether they be ethnically or racially on the outside, he brought he brought in and, and valued. He he modeled it in, in every which way. Um and I think yeah. yeah, for me that's obviously been such a central driver in, in my own life and the decisions and choices I've made yeah. and the the um you know knowing yeah, knowing that I I have a great responsibility as someone who would identify as someone that follows him, you know? Yeah, that's, that's great. So, um, uh, so a cu- couple more things, I'll just, um, give you an example of, mm. of some of the stories and some of the people that I met then. So, um, poverty of spirit. I, I went to India and, um, uh, because I think that Jesus probably just said, blessed are the poor. Yeah. Um, and um, Matthew, who uh, you know, Matthew, who wrote the gospel, um, used the language "poor in spirit," mm. um, which does include more. It broadens the spectrum, which is a very clever thing to do, actually. But yeah, so I wanted to see uh, extreme poverty, yeah, and I wanted to include that conversation, yeah. Um, and then um, I found uh, I met a, f- a guy who's now a friend. Um, who had been on Wall Street. Wow. Um, he was a hedge fund um, guy. 
Yeah. I don't know what the title, the job title is, but you know, multi-millionaire. He was making millions of dollars every year. Um, and, uh, I asked him what, what does poverty of spirit look like to a multi-millionaire on Wall Street? And, and he talks about addiction. He talked about, um, uh, the, the love of money Mm. actually as, as being a poverty of spirit. Um, and how he told his story about how he ended up actually walking away from his firm, even though they offered him uh, a bonus of $8 million. Um, mm. And uh, um, he walked away and he personally started a nonprofit uh, to help feed the poor in food deserts in um, California. Mm. And um, uh so there's his story. And then um, I'll just say a couple more. So yes, uh, obviously we right. talked about peacemakers uh, was in the Holy Land uh, with Palestinian Israeli peacemakers. And then Mercy, um, I talked to a woman who'd been on death row for 27 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she was guilty of the reason she was there in the first place. Um, but she had a story of in prison being shown mercy getting herself um right with god and um having the opportunity for parole and actually had parole and the governor um uh commuted her sentence from a death sentence to uh life with the possibility of parole Mm. and uh yeah so extraordinary story and then um also women uh, who are survivors of prostitution, addiction, sure. and trafficking um, uh, the, from a, a, an organization called Thistle Farms in Nashville here. Um, oh, yeah. I, I spent time with them and, and told their stories wow. um, as, as to what mercy looks like mm. to them too. So uh, that's the kind of vibe of it. So, And then with this, uh, the song side of it, like with um, the, the women's, uh, mercy stories um i actually asked amy grant to come and uh write a song with me mm. and she said yes and helped me record it and wow. um yeah so it kind of happens like that and then i invited loads of friends uh my musician friends to come and collaborate with me so there's people like audrey assad matt Marr, john mark mcmillan hillsong united um yeah. martin smith did one yeah. with me and Amanda Cook and yeah, there's a whole host of people. And like you say, we have some spoken word yeah. um, poetry uh, with music on the album, but we have more in the film too. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, we had artists, uh, two artist friends of mine painted uh, paintings to represent each beatitude. Um, and uh then when that was all finished and we ha- and we made the film, we had released the film. I made a, a study guide for that yeah. for small groups and for people to dive dive deeper into it a little bit. And um, um, and now we've got that all put into an online e-course, um, which has all happened since COVID hit. Oh, really? Because yeah, because you know I was starting to. I thought the plan was that i would get out and do some events and share this message and what have you and uh then that just all completely went away Mm. and um so um 
uh, a friend suggested that we put everything into an online e-course and so we've built that over covid um over quarantine and that's all now available done it a is. podcast as well yeah yeah well i've enjoyed listening and to the podcast obviously that thank that you. you put together and i'm sure that yeah. e-course for now for a lot of churches or a lot of groups that can't gather um physically um i know there's um larger churches here in australia and we don't even have an issue um at all really comparatively um right at least where I'm from, um, with, with COVID at the moment. And so, but what a great resource for people to be able to, to go that next level dis journey, I guess, um, with the yeah. accompanying, you know, yeah. music and, and the book and film. I mean, that must be, must be pretty awesome just to see yeah. all these accompanying kind of, um, mediums kind of, yeah, bringing yeah. forth this central theme. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. It's been a, um, it's definitely a life work for me. Yeah, and um, um, I hope that it's helpful to people. And uh, yeah, I'm just real, real thrilled that to to have done it, and um, and I'd, I'd love as many people to see it as possible. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed. Part one of my conversation with Stu Gerard, or Stu G, as he's more affectionately known from the band Delirious. But as always, we continue the conversation, and you can hear that by becoming a patron. Now, all you have to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash justice matters, where for as little as just $5 a month, you can get access to the bonus content, behind the scenes, extras, and interact with myself a little bit more if you would like to do that. Now, speaking of Patreons, special shout-out to Ruth Zamblo, who was the latest Patreon to join us. Thank you so much for being a part of the team to helping us produce this show. And uh, I've got another big announcement for you. On November 14th, which is just a, a couple weeks away, I am going to be jumping out of an aeroplane. Yes, I. Uh, we, we've got a fundraising event for You Belong. It's called Dive to Thrive. And along with other refugees and other team members of You Belong, we're going to be heading up into a plane and skydiving. I'm absolutely nervous as all. and uh, But we're doing it for a good cause. We're doing it to be able to continue the work that we do to help empower refugees to integrate and thrive here in Australia. Head on over to mycause.com.au and search Dive to Thrive and you can sponsor any one of the people jumping out of the planes. We would so appreciate your support and I really appreciate your prayers too as I jump out of a plane. I'm, like I said, I'm super, super nervous. Now, as we always do in every episode, I really want to take the time to thank those that make this podcast possible. And special mention goes to music artists John Art and David Gungle. They're also known as The Brilliance, and they provide the music for the show. Go check them out wherever you find good music. And as always, I want to shout out to Jose Biotto. He's the audiovisual engineer who edits and films and does everything technical because I don't really know how to do much of that myself. Uh, he does such a fantastic job, and I really appreciate you, mate. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast, as always, we would ask that you would rate it. You can rate it on Apple Podcasts. You could rate it on Spotify. You can even subscribe to us on YouTube. In case you didn't know, it's, it is a video podcast. So head on over 
to justicematters.tv and you can learn about all the ways that you can support the podcast. We really need your support. Guys, join me again soon for another episode of Justice Matters. I am your host, Tim Buxton. Thanks for listening.